Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,189. Everything that we do in media relations is what I'm doing going to reach the end user, which is the customer or the potential customer of your client. And that has always been a key focus for me. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Jeff Perlman. Hey, Jeffrey, you buckled up and ready for a fun ride. I sure am, Mark. Thank you for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Jeff Perlman is a media relations specialist who spent over 25 years pitching journalists for a wide variety of clients in the automotive industry. Jeff has worked with brands including Rolls-Royce Motor Cars, Voice of the Customer J.D. Power, and Luxury Lifestyle Authority Rob Report to niche entrepreneurial businesses. He's worked extensively with media in virtually every sector of the automotive world, from the collector car hobby to dealer industry trades to mainstream automotive business and consumer enthusiast outlets. Schooled as a journalist, Jeff leveraged his training by establishing longstanding relationships with reporters, editors, broadcasters, bloggers, and influencers. So Jeff, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more before we jump into the questions about your career and a passion for helping people in the automotive world? Well, thank you, Mark. Yeah. Um, so it's a great combination of my experience in journalism and in media relations and also a real affinity for, for the collector car world and for new cars, every element of uh, the, the automotive industry. So it's a real fun way to combine a couple of passions into one uh, profession that's constantly challenging, um, but always fun and always presents opportunities and ways to get past challenges that come around. So it's never boring. It's never tedious. And that's the real fun part of the job. Absolutely. And I'll let our listeners know, I've known Jeff for a while. He's been a great help to me to connecting me with people in the automotive industry and helping me get people on the show here. Uh, We've worked together over time. And something pretty cool about Jeff here is he's launched out on his own to have his own business. So tell our listeners just a little bit about that before I jump into this first question. Yeah. So it's been a series of things that led to this. And um, through the years, people have said to me, when are you going to give it a shot? When are you going to hang out your own shingle? So I thought this would be a a chance to do that. And so I started off working with three different clients, all within the automotive sector, but within disparate components of the automotive industry. So um, it's been interesting. And I get to work with the automotive media as well as general consumer media and local media. It kind of combines all the different elements of PR and media relations that I've been doing that I that I really, really have a passion for. Absolutely. Well, congratulations. Great. Cars has a lot about the entrepreneurial side of the automotive industry. So I'm very happy that you've launched in this new endeavor and that I can uh, help expose you a little bit more to my listeners and what you're doing. Hopefully there's somebody out there that could use your help. I'm sure there is. As we continue on your journey, though, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is uh, some kind of saying that might have a meaning for you, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars. Yeah. So, Jeff, take the wheel. Yeah, you know, that was an easy one for me. Um, years ago, I was at the offices of a then-client Rolls-Royce and Bentley. This is when they were sister brands, and I was at 
the desk of the gentleman who ended up being somebody that I refer to as my mentor. And on his desk, he had an old fashioned sign, kind of like a home sweet home type of sign that you would see in somebody's house. And this said, will it sell cars? Mm. And in PR and probably in other elements of business, um, you can substitute the word cars for any industry. It basically says in, in, in the interpretation I have and had was everything that we do in media relations in pu- and in public relations as a whole is all intended to, in this instance, sell cars or sell products or sell services or whatever. So is what I'm doing going to reach the end user, which is the customer or the potential customer of your client? And that has always been a key focus for me in terms of the work that I do and the media coverage that I'm able to get and how it helps clients build their businesses. So that always rang true with me. And it's something I, I think of almost on a daily basis. You know, it's great. It's simple and it's direct. And sometimes in business, we get really clouded up with a lot of other things and we don't take a breath, step back and go, why are we doing this? Right. What's the yeah, reason? Exactly. And sometimes too, I've seen you can get so ingrained in your own emotion over something or your own ownership of something you created that you forget what the ultimate goal is. And it's like, well, why are we doing this? Well, either because it's always been done. Well, did it sell cars? No, but I like it (laughs) or, or whatever else. So I love the simplicity of that. Yeah. Always think about why you're doing something and what the goal is. Very cool. Well, let's go back in time and talk about a story that shares your original passion for cars in some way or the industry. Tell us about a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you just might indeed want to be around a bunch of car people. Well, this is a fun one. Wow. I'm going back 40 plus years, if not more. So I'm, I'm in my house. I'm a, I'm a teenager or perhaps younger than that. And um, I'm just watching TV as teenagers do. And my dad comes home and he says to me, I forgot something in my car. Can you go get it for me? So I, of course, lazily get up and walk oh, all the way there. Yeah. <laughs> And, and of course, you know, it was Connecticut, it was winter and it was freezing. So I go into this absolutely frigid garage, walk past my mother's massive, massive Pontiac. And there in his spot is a brand new Corvette. He had done that. He hadn't forgotten anything. He wanted to surprise me to this day. I will remember it. And it was just one of those where, you know, my, my mouth hung open to the point where you probably could have parked that Corvette inside my mouth. (laughs) And it was just a day that I will never forget and got to ride in it. And then he had another Corvette that I later got to drive. So Corvette will be a common denominator in this conversation um, because it's had such an important role in my life, but I'll never forget that. And, uh, it was a very, very special (laughs) moment. And, uh, you know, I had the Corvette, uh, like everyone else had the Corvette hot wheel. It was my favorite of the hot wheels that and the Camaro. So to have one in real life and have my dad driving it, that was pretty, pretty cool. How cool is that? What color was that vet? That one was like, I don't know the term for it, but it was like a deep green. Um, and it was beautiful. And, uh, and, and then he had a second one that was uh, like a light blue and it had the old-fashioned T-roofs, those big, heavy roofs that you had to take off and you oh, put them yeah. in your garage when you drove. And then when you came yep. back, you put them back in. So, you know, if he were alive today and could see what it's like to take a roof off with a, you know, in 30 seconds with a push of a button, I think he'd get a real kick out of it. Oh, I know. I know. You know, the car yeah. that comes to mind is the uh, new Porsche Targa. Have you ever mm. watched one of those operate? I mean, it's it's a mechanical marvel. It's just it's right. like a, 
Yeah, it's like a transformer, you know, just, yeah. it's really, really well, these, cool. Yeah. These two pieces, it was like a T-top and the, you know, the two yeah. pieces, the passenger, the driver's side. I mean, you could throw out your back just, just taking this thing down. So yeah. that's yeah. how I heavy they those. were and, you know, how primitive the technology was back, you know, it was back then. So they had those was, in the, it, the Trans Am, I think too, didn't they? The yeah. T-tops? Yeah. Yeah. I think Very so. Cool. I think you're right. Yeah. But it was yeah. something, you know, you, you're just excited. And I, you know, we were, we were a typical New England family, so we mostly had American cars, great cars, but American, you know, Buicks and, and Pontiacs and Oldsmobiles and the like. And uh, to have a Corvette in, in my dad's spot was the coolest thing in the world. So. Absolutely. Well, let's take a look at some of the uh, many roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure you may have faced along the way. These are wonderful learning experiences if you embrace them that way. Otherwise, they can be incredibly painful. So talk us through one of those that has happened to you and help us help us understand how that helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward. Well, you know, it's a bit more generic here. It's not a specific instance, but when I transitioned, moved, moved west to California, I also changed careers. So I went from being a reporter and editor to being a, what was I then an investor relations person and then ultimately a media relations person. So the challenge was basically while there is relevance and while there is there are elements of the job that you bring to the next one, meaning writing style and communicating. It was learning an entirely new profession at 30 years old. And so the challenge was to learn how to become a public relations person. And it was really by trial and error. And it was by failures and by by successes. And then ultimately getting around people whose approach didn't even have to do with their success rate, but it was more about their approach and melding different elements of different people's um, outlook on PR and way they execute campaigns and formulate and strategize. It was really that, but it all kind of came down to PR being and media relations being very commonsensical and very much about relationship building both with clients and with media and with colleagues and all of that. So right. I, I would tell, tell you that it wasn't necessarily an instance, but was more of a, a whole career change at 30 years old and getting into something that I thought I would always do. I thought I had a shot at doing well with and learning how to do it and how to do it right through the years and the decade. Absolutely. You, you made a pivot, as we would call it these days in careers. And I would ask you to share some advice for maybe somebody that's in that, that same position, because a, a lot of times people will work for years in one area and they realize, I want to either try something different or I just really don't care for this or an opportunity comes along that they can't pass up, but it's something totally new. What would be a, let's say one takeaway word of advice you might offer that person who might be facing that transition right now, that pivot in their career? I'd say stay open to learning and learning and learning and never stop adapting different elements of what different people do and see and get comfortable with that. So you're basically creating your own approach to a new opportunity or a new profession or whatever it may be um, by utilizing different elements, traits, how, whatever term you want to use and making it your own. So um, I think that's the best thing. And just never stop learning and never stop, um, never stop reading and uh, digesting information and talking to people and, and, and then paying it back or paying it forward, whatever term you want to use, um, helping people that are in those situations and sharing your information and sharing your knowledge. Absolutely. Absolutely. One thing I'll add to that too, is find yourself some very good mentors who are experts in that new field you're venturing into because they can be of huge help to get you over some of those roadblocks or their stumbling points that you don't even see coming. 
Well, let's talk a bit about a career aha moment. You've kind of talked about two already. One is the transition when you were 30 into a whole nother career and the transition you've just made into having your own business, starting your own PR firm. Uh, talk us through one of those big aha moments in your life and tell us how that uh, helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward. I can say there were a few, but the one I will always remember was 1994. We were working with a client that became one of the most important clients in my career. And we went, we attended the national, the opening of the National Corvette Museum in Bowling Green. This client, Mike Yeager, who's uh, the founder and president and CEO of Mid America Motor Works in, in a little town called Effingham, Illinois, um, just the best. Yeah, the best, the best person in the world and a very, very important person in my career. And we came up with the concept of a time capsule that we would bury. And so Mike has all sorts of artifacts and memorabilia. And we ended up doing that as part of the opening presentation. And Mike gave a quick speech and we had a ceremony. And between the dignitaries that were there, the importance of the event, the media that was there, at the end, Mike came over, gave me a handshake, gave me a hug, and, and made me feel like I was really a critical part of his team and a part of his company's growth. And that's the way Mike is. He's a family guy in every respect. That was kind of a situation. I you know, I'd just gotten into PR and just gotten into automotive PR. And that was the point where I kind of thought, yeah, this is good. This is really... And then, of course, tying in my, my love and history with personal history with Corvette, it was kind of an, everything kind of came together at once. And it really was a, a wonderful experience. And I remember to this day. And I, and I think that was one of the most, the biggest incidents of incidents in my one of the One of the most significant times in my career where I thought, yeah, this is fun. And I, I seem to have an affinity for it. So, you know, it's something I'd like to do. Is that the museum that had the big sinkhole that? Yeah, it sure yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was horrible. Yeah. I just, I remember that going, what? And it was yeah. like right in the middle of that big circular room too. It's like, right. I mean, it's just bizarre, totally bizarre, but they've since uh, corrected that problem and pulled those poor Corvettes that's fell into the depths um, and redone them. So uh, yeah, but uh, very cool event. It's an amazing place. And if you, if your listeners ever find themselves in the area in Kentucky and Bowling Green, even if you're not a Corvette enthusiast, it's just a magnificent, magnificent facility. And uh, it's a, it's a must see. If you, if there's a list of 10 places to go for the car lover in the United States, this has to be one. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to get the director of that facility on the show and Mike Yeager for that matter. Uh, reach out to him many times. Just haven't been able to get him to commit, but uh, I'm familiar with his company, uh, catalog company, and uh, all the cool things that he does. He also has an amazing museum there based on, uh, I don't know what the latest, co- how many cars are in the latest collection, but it's right on his at his location where they're, they are headquartered in. It's one of the most magnificent collections you'll ever see. And they also do a uh, an annual event where people drive from from almost every state in the country to be, to be there. And it's just a celebration. It was meant as a way to thank his customers. It's called Fun Fest. It's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be one of these rigorous, <laughs> high-pressure judging situations. They have a band, and it's a it's a celebration of all things Corvette. And it's just a wonderful cool. event. You know? Fantastic. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car or vehicle and maybe share a memory you have about that car, vehicle, bike, whatever it might be. Yeah, it's, um, I've typically owned, or at least whatever, family sensible types of cars, just because, you know, I have a family, safe cars, those kind of things. But back in, I believe it was 94, my years may be off. I got my first Infiniti G35 
uh, which of course is morphed into a 37 and then on and on and on. And it was the first car that I owned that had performance, handling, um, acceleration, style, cornering. It was just a combination of everything I ever wanted to, wanted in a car. I ended up um, getting ultimately having three of them, not at the same time, I mean, one after the next. And it was, it was just very, I had a, took a lot of pride in it because I'd worked very hard to, to get to the point where I could drive that car and own that car. And uh, that, was, that was really wonderful. And, and, and the lines on the car and, and just never got bored with it. So um, yeah. that, that probably would be the one. My uh, brother-in-law has always enjoyed those vehicles and uh, always seems to go back to them whenever he replaces his old one with something new. And he's tried to break out into sports cars and stuff, but he always goes back to the Infiniti. So, yeah, I, I hear they're great cars. Is there a seller's remorse story in your life, a car you let go that you wish you had back? Well, not me, but it was my dad. So we had a um, 1971 Cutlass convertible, old, old Cutlass convertible. And that went from my dad to my mom, to my older sister, to my middle sister, and then to me. It's the car that I drove in my senior year in high school. Um, mm. It's a car that I would love to have back. It was white with a, a greenish interior. It was a convertible. I would tell you that if I could have that back, you know, it's it's never the most expensive one you'll see at a collector car event or anything, but it's one that sh- certainly tugs at the heartstring. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, it, for the time, um, the lines and the just the overall styling of it were just just so superb and, you know, American made and everything. So it was really a, a fun car. And sometimes I see them at local car shows here in L.A. and I it certainly brings back wonderful memories. No doubt. Yeah, I think that's the thing with cars in our past is, it's those memories around the car, not so much the car sometimes, because I've known people that have gone back and, okay, I always wanted what I had in high school. When they went back and got it, it was just wasn't the same. Like, yeah. well, because you're not in high school anymore. That's why it's That's not right. the same, you know, but, well, uh, plus, yeah. yeah and, when, and of course we have, we're used to today's cars and how easily they drive and, oh, yeah. and all of their safety features and their technologies and their communication technologies. You look back at those and it's, they're clunky to drive, but they certainly are, are fun and, and bring back great memories. Yep, absolutely. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. And as we are moving into the new year very soon here, can't believe 2018 is wrapping up. Frightening how fast life flies by us. What has you excited and fired up about this new business of yours uh, and what is coming in 2019? Well, I'm fortunate enough to uh, be working with a couple of clients that I'd worked with in a previous position. One of them is is a pretty amazing story. Uh, working with a uh, 501c3 charity called Breaks, which is an acronym for Be Responsible and Keep Everyone Safe. This was founded about 10 years ago by NHRA uh, multi-time champion Doug Herbert. Doug is based in the Charlotte area. The story goes that about 10 years ago at a race in, uh, in Phoenix, he received a call on his cell phone to find out that his two sons had been in an absolute, absolute horrible accident. And sadly, they both passed away. Doug took it upon himself in a level of unimaginable grief that I pray nobody that is listening to will ever have to go through. He decided that it was his responsibility to start teaching kids uh, the, the right way and the wrong way to drive, defensive driving, and all those different elements of how to drive effectively and safely, not only for themselves and their parents, of course, but everybody else on the road. Well, I've been working with them and we've been doing a lot of local markets. They're in different cities every weekend around the country. And they've trained now over 35,000 teams uh, around the U.S. over 10 years. And there's consistent 
plans for expansion. They're getting wonderful support from Kia, and uh, which is taking a leadership role in team defensive driving. So Kia Motors deserves huge credit for that. And um, so hopefully I'll be uh, we'll be continuing this. But it's been wonderful. Doug's an amazing guy. His team is incredible. So that is is one. Um, also working with something called the Classic Auto Show, which is in, in its third year. Uh, it's here in Southern California. It had been built downtown at the Los Angeles Convention Center, and it will be relocating down to down the coast to Costa Mesa, uh, down in Orange County. And they're looking to double the amount of cars. We'll probably have about 2,000 cars this year. It's everything that you can imagine um, from hot rods, street rods, muscle cars, low riders, classics, uh, anything and everything. And um, it's the weekend of uh, St. Patrick's Day. So there's going to be a special collection of 40 cars that are happen to be colored green. So that will be fun as well. And then there's a second one that's planned for later in the year in September in Chicago. So it's a company based in Connecticut and they're growing. They do a lot of really great events. And um, this one is going to be a lot of fun dignitaries, um, automotive celebrities. It'll be just a great event. So we're starting to work on it now. And I know it seems very far away, but we're getting the word out now. So, um, you know, if, if your listeners are interested, it's a classic auto show, March 16 and 17 uh, in Costa Mesa. It'll be a lot of fun. And then a couple of other things, potentially working on something related to airbag recalls. Um, there's more to come on that. So, and, and, and hoping to get into other elements as well. Very cool. Sounds like a spectacular start to your new business in 2019. I'll remind our listeners, Doug Herbert from Brakes was my guest number 571 back in August of 2016. And here's something cool. I'm going to have Doug back on the show. Thanks to Jeff here. I'm going to have him back and we're going to talk about how he's done since then, because it's been a couple years since I had him on the show. Uh, absolutely spectacular program he's doing. And I can't imagine the countless lives he's probably saved, the injuries he's probably uh, stop people from having through this program. It's absolutely spectacular. You can go back and listen to his show on the Cars Yeah website. And of course, Classic Auto Show, I'm very excited. I'm going to be attending this year, which I'm very excited about. And we're going to do a whole week's promotion, thanks to Jeff here on Cars Yeah, to promote some of the many people involved. Uh, very soon coming up will be the uh, director of that business as well. So look forward to that. And thank you, Jeff, for the connections there. Fantastic. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Jeff. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle parked in your garage, what would you be and why? Well, it, you know, I, I gave that a lot of thought, and, and it's kind of a uh, it's a car that that is something I'd love to own one day. Um, but I think it it personifies what, what I would like to be, and I hope people think of me. I would pick an Audi A6, and here's nice. why: um, family car, because I'm a family person, a family man, a dad. It's not ostentatious. It's got nice conservative lines, but it's got an element of style, but it doesn't go overboard. It is incredibly reliable, and it's probably a car you could drive for 200,000 miles, if not more, uh, with little maintenance. So that's kind of the different factors involved in my decision. I also just love the styling. And and it would probably be in a nice charcoal gray, maybe replicating my the, the color of my hair these days. So, you know, <laughs> hey, maybe, at least you have hair. I'll, t- I'll take yeah. gray hair over no hair. So uh, don't right. complain that's there, right. Jeff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. It's, yeah. it's a luxury car, but I, I, I've always loved the Audi styling, um, mm-hmm. mostly because it has just enough in terms of aesthetics, just drives so beautifully. And hopefully one day I'll, I'll have one. They are very nice. I'll tell you, my next door neighbor bought one of those for his wife last year. And Audi's one of those brands, I think, is what I say, come a long way, baby. 
Back when I was a young kid, my parents bought an Audi 100 LS. Now, this would be back in the 60s. It was absolutely mm. most horrible car we've ever owned, <laughs> except, except for that Pontiac Le Mans, which my dad called a Pontiac Lemon. It just got a bad one, I guess. But Audi's come such a long way, and I'm really, really impressed. And having a neighbor with one so I can crawl all over that car, go for a ride in it, drive it, see what it's like. Uh, and his wife's is an A6 as well. They are just beautiful cars. I mean, just incredible. And he also bought himself a new uh, Ford Raptor just recently. And what's interesting is the cars cost about the same. But when you look at it, and no disrespect to the Raptor, because he let me drive that too. That thing is incredible. Just the build, the quality, what you get in that Audi. I know a lot of people go, they're expensive, but really, really nice car. I'm very impressed with uh, everything Audi is doing these days. Well, Jeff, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Jeff, we are back. We're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions for you and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that Audi throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Well, it's for automotive, Mark, but it's also just in life is to really do your homework before taking action, be it a, a media relations campaign, be it buying or leasing a car, uh, being getting your car repaired, serviced, whatever, is to do your homework and not be impetuous. Uh, make the calculated decision based on the information you've gotten through research, say online, talking to people that you trust. And I know that that can be applied to pretty much any 
thing in life, but really in the automotive industry in so many different areas in the automotive industry, I have found that to be really the, the starting point for anything that I do. Yeah, great advice. Now, how about a personal habit? Would you share one of yours that you believe has contributed to your success? Yeah, my, my dad, rest his soul, used to say to me, you've always got to work harder than the next person. That is something that I have always done regardless of what job I've been in, what profession I've been in. And it doesn't matter what what you do for a living. You've just got to always be better than that next person because given the competition that's out there, it's something that has really played a major role in my work experience is just to yeah. overwork everyone else. Because admittedly, there are certainly people out there that are smarter than me and there are people that are out out there that are more worldly than me. I just will say that no one's ever going to outwork me. And um, I think that's been a different difference maker for me. Well, your father and my father must have come from the same cloth. My dad used to share that same thing with me. He said, look, you may not be smarter than the next guy, but you can outwork him. And that's what I've always done. He always said, wherever you work, treat it like you own the business. Get there before the boss does. Don't leave until the boss leaves or afterwards. And uh, just outwork everybody else. And you will stand out and that will help you move forward. And it always has worked really well for me. So it uh, sounds like we both had great mentors and our fathers for sure. Now, do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, you know, when it comes to um, learning about the automotive industry, keeping tabs on things, but also doing doing it in a very compelling way, a fun read, I think the Wall Street Journal's Rumble Seat, which is written by Dan Neal, is arguably the most entertaining and interesting read you can ever hope to get access to. I met Dan years ago. He was with a newspaper, uh, the Charlotte Observer, I believe it was, or the Raleigh News and Observer. And he's ultimately has landed the Wall Street Journal, has been there for quite a while. He has such an interesting take and such a writing style, be it anything from reviews of new cars to high profile events that he's gone to. There's something he wrote back a, a month or so ago about the, the best albums you can listen to on road trips. And Dan has, he's an incredibly nice person, but it's all, he's also very, very witty, as you can imagine a Wall Street Journal columnist would be. And it comes across so vividly in his writing style. And um, it's really, really enjoyable. So it's, it's a fun read. It's an informative read. And that's a great thing for, for people who are into cars and even people who aren't that just want to read about the lifestyle of cars. There's another guy I would like to get here on cars. Yeah, maybe yeah. you can connect me with Dan. I've always <laughs> been would love to get him on the show. Now, if I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? Well, I'm going to cheat a little bit and choose two. Years ago, I, I we were at SEMA and I, we set up a dinner with two industry icons that I had the great fortune of working for as clients, um, one being Carol Shelby and one is, uh, being Dave Power, the the JD of JD Power. And uh, I was, had, like I said, I had the fortune of working for them as clients um, and got to spend a little bit of quality time with both of them and feel very, very fortunate to have had those opportunities and have had them at times help me in terms of my career. And it was just a very, very touching thing to to know that they were doing things to help me. So um, I'd, I'd like to have a drink with both of them at the same time and, and thank them for being so kind to me. Of course, Mr. Shelby passed away. Dave Power is, is healthy and living out here with his family um, out here in California. Um, they're two very, very special people in addition to being icons. That would be very cool indeed. Now, how about a book that you've read recently that you think our listeners would enjoy? Is there one out there? 
Yeah, again, I'm going to cheat a little here. Pretty much anything, I, I another person I've had the great fortune of knowing and spending some quality time with is a writer and a photographer who's based here in California, Randy Leffingwell. I don't know if he's familiar. Uh, I hope he's familiar to your listeners. He's just the nicest human being you'll ever speak with. And Randy has written, gosh, probably 15, 20 books celebrating Porsche, celebrating Corvette and other sectors within, in, within the automotive industry. He's an amazing writer. He's an incredible photographer. So shameless plug, as they say, it's rleffingwell.com, L-E-F-F-I-N-G-W-E-L-L.com. And R- Randy's just a wonderful, wonderful guy and a superb writer. You can't go wrong with anything, you know, even if you're just not necessarily, like I say, a car person. Um, it, they're just magnificent books. So I, I highly recommend that to anybody. Well, you know, you just keep coming up with people that I've been trying to get on this show and have not <laughs> been able to to do. Maybe you can be my helper here. I've yeah, talked to sure Randy for, for a long time, tried to get him on the show forever. Uh, he keeps promising, but I can't quite get him to step up and commit. But I do enjoy his work in many respects. I've been familiar with his work forever. So, Randy, if you're listening out there, buddy, please give me a call. We got to get you on Cars Yeah. Our listeners would love to hear from you. Well, I'll remind you, you can, you can find all these great resources Jeff has shared with us on his Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Jeff Perlman, P-E-R-L-M-A-N, and that page will pop right up. All right, Jeff, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet, but there are a couple rules to this game. One is, you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. Two, you've got to keep it, and you've got to drive it. No garage queens here at Cars Yeah. And three, it's the only one you can have, so choose wisely, my friend. Well. That was an interesting question. I gave that a lot of thought. And, you know, there's a car that I saw. I'm going to go back to Mike Yeager in Mid-America. We used to joke. I used to say in Mike's collection, I would point to this one Corvette and say, this is the one I get in the will. Uh-huh. Um, I, we, we, we joke about that. I pray that Mike has many, many more decades on this. Earth. But <laughs> yeah. uh, Mike had a low mileage 54 Corvette convertible. And it is in this absolutely stunning blue. It's a, it's a light blue, and I'm forgetting the specific name of it, uh, with white wheel tires. It's just magnificent. That car, I've just never forgotten, and there's so many to choose from. You know, I love anything and everything that Aston Martin ever makes. I think they, they make the most beautiful cars in the world, and then you can go to any mark along the way, regardless of what your interest is. But I think that's it, just because, again, the role that Corvette plays in my life, the the role that Mike Yeager plays in my life, and this car is just one of the most just stunningly beautiful cars I've ever seen. Uh, I think it was like not even triple digits on, on the odometer, so it was it was really amazing. And I'm just remembering the, the exterior color is actually called Pennant Blue, P-E-N-N-A-N-T, Pennant Blue. Okay, um, okay. And it's just, you know, go on Google, check out. 54 pennant blue Corvette. Um, they have tan interiors. They have gray interior interiors. I think they have white interiors as well. And it's a piece of artwork. And it's a, it's American made, which is also, I think, a, a, a great thing. Very nice. Very nice indeed. Well, Jeff, you've taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories and catching up with you. I want to thank you for sharing your journey here at Cars Yeah. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you Drive off into the sunset in that 54 Corvette convertible <laughs> in pennant blue, of course. Yeah, I, I think it's, yeah, people have heard this expression, but it's something that I, I think of every day. It's do what you love and love what you do. You know, you hear stories of people that make fortunes, but they hate what they do. And I've had the great luck of finding something that 
really touches on a couple of true passions of mine. And I think that's a key to having a, a happy career is work in an industry that you're really passionate about and work it from there. And then if you find what you like to do within that industry, then you're, then you really cross checked all the boxes there. So um, it's, it's nothing new. It's nothing people haven't heard, but it's something that always rings true with me. Well, it's what Cars Yeah is all about. And I just saw this morning, I was posting up today's show on Facebook and somebody said something like, uh, how can I stop Monday from ever coming? And I stopped to read that and I thought, you know, they're just not happy with what they're doing. And I actually, I almost typed this there, but I didn't want to slam anybody in their face. But I said, go find a career that you really enjoy and Mondays you'll look forward to. And that's what Cars Yeah is all about, is people who've done exactly that, just like you, Jeff. So thank you for that. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and this new business you've started? Well, um, right now, uh, probably by Twitter, um, my handle is uh, Jeff Perlman PR. That's pretty much the way way to do it. It's just starting out, as I said. So that's probably the best thing to do. I try to stay on top of what goes on in the industry and I uh, promote some great media coverage from for our clients and, and the like, and um, hopefully we'll be expanding that as time progresses. Absolutely. Well, I'll put that on Jeff's show notes page so you can reach out to Jeff. If you need some help in the PR world, I would encourage you to do that. You can find everything that he's talked about today on his show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Jeff, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. I look forward to seeing you at the Classic Auto Show next year in Costa Mesa. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. I really enjoyed the conversation. Been a big fan, and it's 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 wonderful to talk to you again. I, I wish you a wonderful Thanksgiving. Happy holidays to everyone out there, and a great 2019. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!